Welcome everyone to the Kingdom REI podcast show. I'm your host, Ellis Hammond, founder of the Kingdom REI Mastermind. And with me today, Todd, you know, before I make an introduction, I kind of consider you, man, and you tell me if I'm wrong here, it's kind of one of the, the old heads of this industry, even though you're a pretty young looking dude. We're going to chat about that today. I have Todd Dexheimer with me and another, we just laugh because the reason I'm laughing in this intro is he calls it he says it anyways his accent is is northern so is it dax or dex we're trying to figure this out yeah yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> it's dax actually my nickname uh is dex most people are growing up until i got the like professional world everybody called me everybody called me dax i love it i love it well uh man excited that you're here so he's the ceo of entry properties a former i didn't know this man a former high school industrial tech teacher uh, he started investing in real estate back in 08. What a good time to start investing in real estate, right? <laughs> I want to hear about that. Not at the time, man. Not yeah, I know, time. right? That's why I'm <laughs> curious to know how you survived that time, man. Um, but today has a current portfolio of $45 million and growing. I know you're, you're in the works of a deal right now and focused on the syndicating value at multifamily, um, which is a topic that we've chatted about a lot here. So excited to have you, man. Uh, welcome to the show. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Definitely. So let, I do want to, let's chat about this because, you know, before we met and as I was breaking this industry, I mean, you got a pretty good podcast yourself, the Pillars of Wealth Creation. And I do, man, I consider you as one of the, one of the old heads. Do you see yourself as one of the guys who started this industry before no. it was trendy or what, man? No, 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 no. no I, I, I like feel like I'm just like a, a young pup. I mean, I, man, I'm, I, I'm only like 38 years old, so I feel like you're, so you young. technically can't be an old head, right? But <laughs> I may have put up been in it for a while. So yeah, I mean, when I do quite frankly, when you like look around and then you start talking to people and they say, well, I started in like 2015. It's like, Whoa, like I've been in it since 2008. So it's, right. it, it has been a while, but it just doesn't feel like it feels like I just started yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to get into your story, man. There's a lot here that I want to pull out. And so in what our conversation last time I thought was so great about, you know, and I'm excited to get into this. I think it's going to be so helpful for our listeners um, about branding and even this idea of like our faith and how much is that coming out in our messaging. And I thought you were just so yeah. open and honest about where you've been in that journey. Should I talk more about my faith? Should I not? Yeah. So I just really looking forward to just having an open conversation. I think our audience is going to really enjoy this, man. So let me just pray for us. That's got to really use this time. We'll get in. God, we, we're so grateful again. Thank you for Todd. Thank you for making this connection and lining this up. I, uh, I know this is going to be a powerful episode for so many. And so many who are really wanting to use their business to honor you. And maybe unsure or unclear about how to do that. I pray that you might use this episode. Use Todd's story. Even the things that you're teaching him and he's wrestling with you about. Um, that also might be displayed and would help our audience. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's back up to 2000. I am curious. So you started in 2008. Um, how was that, man? I mean, we know the the you know the crash happened right around that time. So walk us through that period. Yeah, man. Uh, look, in 2007, it's probably even 2006. I really was like trying, like searching for what am I going to do. Um, I was a teacher, but I just knew like that wasn't going to be something for me forever. So I started you know, learning and, and like reading books. And um, I actually thought about like going back to school, become a doctor. Like 
I put, I, I thought about going back to school and like becoming even a pastor. Like I, it be, when I was in high school, like I thought that's what I was going to do is be a pastor. And I never ended up doing that. And so I thought, well, maybe I'll go back. And it, but all of this was like, man, it's just, it feels like I'm going backwards if I like go back to school. And so I just like, none of it was like really grabbing me. And this, I started reading these books and thought real estate's the way to be. And, uh, when I started looking, the market had literally like just crashed and burned when I started like really getting serious about it. So it was, it was a little like intimidating because everybody lost everything, but at the same time it was exciting because I was going, wow, I can buy these deeply discounted properties that are all over the market and, uh, and they can cash flow. Like the cash flow, when you look at a property and you go, and I could buy this thing for $65,000, $70,000 and stick a couple thousand dollars into it and I can rent it for $1,400. Like right. the numbers just made sense. So it was, it was really exciting. It was definitely intimidating uh, and definitely a little scary. There was a lot of things for you and there was a lot of things against you. You know, the, the, just the general like consensus from people as real estate is a terrible place to put your money uh, the lenders just weren't excited about it. You know, nobody was excited about it except like me, uh, but it worked, it worked really well. So yeah, it was, it was definitely intimidating. It was definitely different. Like everybody now was like, Oh, you started the greatest time ever. I did. Like, I, I'll agree. Like it was a great time to start, but it was a terrible time to start because everybody was telling you, you're stupid, you're crazy. And you right. should, no way you should be doing what you're doing. So did you come in kind of after things had really hit rock bottom? Uh, well, it wasn't rock bottom, but yeah, they had yeah. really imploded. Right. Uh, so, so, you know, house was selling for, let's call it $250,000. By the time I came in, that same house was already selling for a hundred right. type of thing. And I'm buying right. it for a hundred and I'm, you know, renovating and then it's a rental and it goes from, you know, that I, I maybe created some value to make it worth back to like 130 because I fixed right. it all up. Well, then it went from 130 down to like $100,000. So it still lost value because it probably decreased at least in our area until at least about 2011, maybe 2012. Wow. And then so, so that was 2011, 2012. I mean, what I know you as, and I didn't even know you had kind of this flipping background until, you know, this, you know, as, as in multifamily syndication. So what was the, what was the transition there for you? Yeah, I'd done a lot of flips, a lot of flips, uh, about 150 ish flips, uh, bought a bunch of single families, uh, duplexes, quads for rentals, built out my rental portfolio. At one point in time, I had about a hundred units of smaller, you know, that one to four family type stuff. Wow. Um, 15 units sprinkled in there and some other stuff like that. But you know, it, it was this like realization just through really looking at my portfolio, looking at what I had done, look at the margins and going, I got to, I got to start really focusing on these rental properties because that's where I'm going to create the financial freedom. And that's where I'm going to create a business that's sustainable. Um, and that's going to propel me forward versus I can keep doing these flips, but my flipping business is only as good as my next flip, right? Where you buy a hundred unit building and yeah, we're looking for another 100 unit building, but we can, we can grow that, you know, income. We can continue to improve it. We can, you know, look at operational efficiencies and 
we can tweak and, and hone that as we go and we don't have to sell it tomorrow. Right? right. So it's just seeing like, this is a sustainable business. If I go this route, this is a, a pound my head against the pole business. If I stay right. into flipping. Uh, and it was also a split with the business partnership that it was time to just um, go our, our different ways. And so that kind of set that soul searching got out on fire. Right. So tell me, I mean, let's just catch up to speed real quick, man. What do you guys, what's, what's happening today with that business? What, what are you guys doing? Talk, talk to us. Yeah. Um, buying, buying, uh, multifamily, you know, value add, um, we're doing a lot of deeper value add. So if my typical value adds 10 to 15,000 a unit, wow. um, we're sticking into them. We're not afraid to get, you know, get down and dirty and, and really improve a property. My goal is to buy properties that, you know, have really kind of abused the tenants. Uh, the, the landlords haven't really, haven't really kept the property up. They haven't been good to the tenants. Um, they've, they've kind of become blighted. Uh, they've really not been, you know, a, a property that the city or anybody can be proud of and take that building and, and actually do something good with it and, you know, give these tenants a great place to live. Um, pride of ownership again, you know, people that really want a, nice, safe, solid place to live. Like we want to give that to yeah. them. And so that's why I like these properties that need a little bit more work. Cause those are typically the ones we're not just coming in doing a little lipstick and then raising rents. We're actually truly doing a major renovation. Now rents are getting raised typically, but we're doing everything we can to, you know, cut, cut costs and, and uh, help our expenses and, what services are you providing really like, if, if you if you do have to move out a resident, you know, and they just can't afford to live there? What what are you guys doing? I'm just curious, like, do you provide sources or resources for them in, in their next place? I mean, how does that typically work out? Yeah, yeah it really, it really depends. Like, so we've got a deal we're doing right now. And, uh, you know, the, the plan is, first of all, if a tenant wants to move, uh, or, you know, we're, we're asking them to move, it's your security deposits going back to you no questions asked. Like whether you owe money for rent, whether you've damaged the place, it doesn't matter. Secure deposits coming back to you, no questions asked. Um, you know, and, and then moving costs too. You know, we're planning on providing moving costs um, so the tenants can move, find a new place, um, you know, helping, wow. helping them locate to a new place. And, and obviously it's a burden upon a lot of people to have to move. That's not what they're looking forward to doing, but quite frankly, it's just reality. You know, mm -hmm. look, I mean, unfortunately with what we do, we have, we do have that. That's maybe the bad thing. The, the, I don't know if bad thing is the right word, but the hardest thing about it is uh, we do have to relocate the majority of our tenants. And sometimes we relocate them within the building. Right. But uh, man, I mean, some of the living conditions that these people are in is, 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 is really sad to see uh, and the way the landlords are abusing them. And right. quite frankly, a lot of these people are happy to pay higher rent. Like they're okay with that. We've had properties where we come in and we have tenants that are paying 400 bucks a month for rent. And we tell them, look, we're going to have to raise your rents to 700 bucks. And they go, okay, that's, that's fine. I, you know, this is what we want done to the unit. And we're like, well, no, no, no. We're going to put you in a brand new renovated unit. Oh, that would be amazing. And it's like, they, they love it. And, you know, but there's other times where, you know, tennis just, uh, 
you know, they, they have to go, they have to be displaced. So, right. Yeah. I mean, it all comes down to affordability too, right? Like if you're buying this place and as a, as the owner, the new owner, unless you're buying at a steep discount, which as we know is really not the case right now in most places. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there unfortunately is that trade-off and, you know, I do think as a, as a man of God, like we both are, we, you know, there's a stewardship there that we have to really, we have to consider. And I think you guys are, seems like you're doing the best you can with, with, with that dilemma. So that's good to hear, man. Um, really awesome. So Todd, I'm excited. You know, there's a lot I want to get in here too, man, because you said you always want to be a pastor and, uh, and now you're a multifamily investor like <laughs> me. <laughs> um, you know, this is the kingdom of RRS show. And I mean, listen guys, you got to go listen to Todd's podcast, man, and, and follow what he's doing. I, this guy has been putting out a lot of great content for a long time and it's really served and blessed me early on in my journey. So I um, that. no doubt they got to follow you on what you're doing if you're in the world of real estate. Um, but I thought too, man, some of the stuff we chatted about last time, I just thought was so helpful that that's I want people to see that side of you, man, because I didn't know that side of you. And Mark, and here's, here's, here's what I want to ask you just to get into it. How come I didn't know that side of you now that I know you and I'm saying, man, there's a beautiful soul to this man. He loves the Lord. He has, you know, he wanted to be a pastor, <laughs> right? And so I, I, I'm curious to know, man, right? Like where? what has been your wrestling for some of this to come out? Where, where, where are you at right now in that? I think quite frankly, like what's the right answer? I'm not, I'm not sure, but it's, you're right. It's not been like, this is the only, the, like the first conversation I've had other than I had you on my podcast and we talked a decent amount about God and, and faith and stuff. But like, this is the first time I've really, maybe opened up about it. You know, I've been on a lot of podcasts and I very rarely will say anything about my faith. And I'm not sure why it's probably that, you know, that, uh, we don't want to be, we don't want to offend anybody type of thing. You know, we don't want to, we don't have people, people not like us because, uh, you know, maybe I'm a Christian and they're not. And so I don't want them to be turned off if I'm, talking about God and it's silly. Like it, it is silly, but it, it, uh, you know, it's just been something I haven't really opened myself up to. Um, I, I try to carry myself as a Christian, but I don't talk about my faith. I don't talk about like, you know, I, I was very much like I was looking at, uh, seminary schools, you know, I was, I was, that, that was one of the potential things I was going to do once I graduated high school and I didn't go that route. I ended up being just a high school teacher instead. Um, but I don't talk to people about that. And, and honestly, like it, this has been like my, whether you want to call it an issue or whatever, this has been the case. Even when I was younger, I didn't really talk to a lot of people about potentially becoming a pastor. Even like I was always afraid people would, maybe, maybe not make fun of me, but, you know, just, just have, I've always had that, like, you don't want to, you don't want to, right. I don't, I don't know what the right words are, Alice, but it's just like, you try to please everybody. Right. And which is, I'm realizing now as I become one of the old heads (laughs) that, (laughs) that like, 
what, what good is it doing if I'm not talking about my faith, if I'm not talking about what I truly believe in? Like this world has a lot of problems. So my one of my you know passions is to try to help some of those problems out. And it's, it's a tall task, right? But we can all do our, our little parts. But if I'm not willing to open up about who I am and my faith and, and where, where my beliefs are, then I'm not doing my part either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that. I mean, I love that honesty. I think so many people are like, yeah, you're shaking their head right now. Right. Because, yeah. and, I, and I'm curious, like you said, and I'm worried that I might offend someone or if I come up my face, someone might take insult to that. Has that ever happened to you? Like, and maybe because you said you haven't talked about it a lot, but as was there a time where that happened or is it just kind of like an intrinsic fear? You know, it's it, like, as a, I, I remember as a kid, um, I can't remember the exact um, thing, but as you say, say that I'm thinking about, you know, as a kid getting made fun of for, for being uh, the, the one of the church boys, you know, mm, type of thing, yeah. but not really. I mean, other than like, you know, a small incident or something like that. No, not really. Right. You know, it's interesting, Todd. Well, I don't know if I should bring this up. I might wait. I don't want to get, this is not a political thing, but I figured somebody might take it that way. Um, so I'm not even going to go there, but <laughs> I, uh, you know, it's interesting, like for me and kind of breaking into this industry, you know, I don't, I don't get the benefit of being an old head, right? I'm just, I'm the young guy on the block, man, you know? And, um, but I have found that it's actually been my faith that separated me. And, and for sure, like, you know, when you say I fear that it's, it's going to put people off, like I probably have, you know what I mean? Like I for sure, and not in the sense like put them off, like made people mad, but I don't know. Like, I, I wonder if that's a bad thing. Like, why is that such a bad thing, especially as a it's, business? It's not. Yeah, it definitely isn't. I mean, look, we want to attract people. Um, but at the same time, I, I think you said it on my podcast, it's also just fine to repel people mm. because those are the people that you de- that you, you, you don't really want to necessarily do business with. And, you know, you want to, you don't, you want to attract the right people into your business. Um, and so if you're open, if you're honest, if you're being yourself, that's, going to attract those people into your business. And that's, that's valuable. Uh, And I even struggle with it. Look, I I struggle with it today still, because I'm going, well, you know, I've kind of positioned myself this way and I haven't positioned myself as not a Christian, but I haven't positioned myself as an outwardly Christian, right? I, I carry myself as a Christian should carry themselves. You know, I'm not out cussing and I'm not out slandering people and I'm not out, but at the same time, I'm not really openly having that dialogue. Right. So I go, oh man, if I start having that dialogue, are some people going to be like, eh, you know, I don't want, but at the same time, it's like, do we care? Like, should we care? We shouldn't right. care. Cause you know, if you, if you have faith and you truly believe in, in Christ and like, well, that's, you're not here to serve. You're not here to serve people. You're not here to serve the earth. You're right. here to serve God. Like, so why, why aren't you being open about it? Why aren't you, why are you worried about offending somebody? 
you know, and quite frankly, maybe I offend somebody, but maybe at the same time, that person that gets a little offender, a little, a little, um, you know, kind of stands, stands off. Maybe, maybe I affect that person's life in a way where they start thinking about their faith and where they're at and eventually finds Christ or finds their way back to Christ. Right. Yeah, that's, that's an amazing a, thing. That's right? an incredible revelation. You know, and I think about this too, Todd. Like, you know, a pastor really helped me understand this. His name is Jeff Vanderstilt. He pastors a church up in Northwest. And, um, you know, I, I wonder too, like, are we doing, you know, we, we worry about the offending, right? If I say, if I'm actually out there, I'm offending. But what about the other side where we don't say anything and that person looks yeah. at us as, Man, wow, look at Todd. He's a great person. Morley is a good person. You know, if he can do it, anybody can do it or whatever. Like whatever that message is where they say, and Todd's a, Todd's a good person, and the credit goes to Todd. You know, or unless I don't want to put you in the spot. Like the credit goes to Ellis. Look at Ellis. Like, man, he's, you know, he's got this whole thing figured out. Yeah. And the reality is like if it wasn't for Christ, who would I be, right? Like if Christ yeah. didn't save me, dude – y'all don't know me at 19 years old man you know what i mean like people don't know the ellis of 18 years uh, uh you know at 18 years old and i feel like that's another thing i think we should wait too. like that's the the other side that we're going to be held accountable is like who did you point to right like when people looked at my story my journey do they give credit to ellis or do they give credit to god and i feel like that's another piece of the equation that maybe we're not putting into this you know what i mean like it, it's that side as well yeah 100 percent. you know that's that's so good that's so true you know i think i don't i don't think i'm alone in this i think there's a lot of people that are like me and, and one of the reasons i actually started listening to your podcast some other podcasts um and, and i because i've been struggling with this like how do i bring my faith more to the surface more to light more serve God in a regular on a regular day and not just on Sunday. Right. And, mm. and, and really, and I've been struggling for a long time. Like I, I, I want to give back. I want to do amazing things in this world to really, you know, spread God's word and, and really just help people uh, and make a positive difference in the world. And, and so it's just this ongoing, like, discovery and uh, you know i'm grateful for a podcast like this because it helps it's it's really helped me see that other people you know are living this christian entrepreneurial journey um and a lot of them have the same struggles a lot of them are dealing with the same thing but we can do both, right? We can be both Christians and entrepreneurs. We can be wealthy and be Christians and uh, um, serve God and truly not feel guilty about it. And I think there's a lot of that misinformation in the Christian faith um, with, can you become wealthy and a Christian? Can you be right. an entrepreneur, a greedy entrepreneur? Right and a Christian. Um, but, you know, as we talked about it, Todd, the reason those things are out there is because there's not enough testimonies of guys like you and right. guys like me who were talking about it. Right. 
right? So it's why when you type in King of Entrepreneurship, it's my podcast and three others, right? And then when you type in entrepreneurship, there's 500 because most people are talking about, you know, it's like, so that's why I was like, man, we got to get you on and talk about this because it's the whole point of like, you're the great testimony of that's why we need more people bold about I'm a follower of Christ and I'm gonna I'm a successful entrepreneur I'm ambitious you know it's like so we have more stories like this to platform and say guys it can be done I mean one of the reasons I went to the mission field is because I thought that was the best way for me to serve God yeah and that's the still that's the thing that motivates me today what's the best way I can steward and leverage my time my talents my treasures for the kingdom of God that's why I'm, that's why I'm in the world of entrepreneurship and in multifamily because I see it as the best way right now. Give me a decade and that might change, right? Yeah, but right. Um, but it's because like I just didn't have. And honestly, like when I look back at probably one of the biggest things for me that was pivotal in coming into the world of real estate was the people that I met. Honestly, it was guys like Ryan Smith who we've interviewed on this podcast show, right? Mark Kinney, Dan, Han- I mean, these are Dan Hanford. These are all guys on our board of advisors for our mastermind now. Like these are men that I began to build a relationship with and realize, wow, these guys are living for Christ in a big way in this, in this. And I was like, I just wanted and a desired more of that, you know? And so that's what I'm saying, man. I just think where the world is missing out Oh, more guys like you from really, you know, from sh- when, when you don't share your story. Yep. Yep. I, I agree. I agree. And, and that's, what's great about, you know, this podcast and the, and the three others. That, and it's <laughs> there's really, a little more than three, but there aren't many. That's many, for sure. Uh, it's literally, it's a, it's a small field and, and that's, but that's, mm-hmm. what's powerful about it is, is you guys are actually truly bringing some light to it, which, which has been absent. And it's sad that it has been. And, and I think, you know, there's just a lot of misconceptions and it's great for people um, to hear it, yeah. you know, to, to understand and, and to realize like they're not alone, you know, like, wow, there are other Christian entrepreneurs and uh, uh, you know, there's this, I think, misconception too about entrepreneurs, business people that they're, you know, greedy and ruthless. And it's like, as a Christian, um, well, it, most of us aren't, aren't, greedy and ruthless, right? And so, oh, shoot, can I really be an entrepreneur if I'm not greedy and ruthless? Can I really be a Christian if I'm an entrepreneur? Like, there's this balance that, you know, we a lot of times feel like might be out of whack. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. And it's, such a, and it's such a silly thing too, as you and I both know, like money flows to value and you don't really get wealthy without trust yeah. because in order to get really wealthy, you actually have, you need other people's you use other people's resources um, and no one's going to do that. It's someone they don't trust or someone that's not good hearted. And so it's, it's, but again, it's the, because it's not talked about, there aren't men who are really out there living and shining that light that it can get lost. So, man, I'm so, this has been all, I mean, this conversation is going to go down the books. I think it's probably one of the most helpful 10 minute segments on the show because um. I think a lot of people are listening to the show because they are where you are, right? They are, yeah, I'm here. I want to get, I want to grow more in this. And so, I don't know, man, I just am so grateful for your honesty and vulnerability here. I'm hoping that a lot of people take this. Let me ask you this. So those who are maybe sitting on this fence, wanting to do more, 
what would you say? I mean, where are you at or what would you say to them? And what are the things maybe guys teaching you right now to kind of help you get over that ledge? What, what, what are, what would you say to them if you're sitting down face to face, right? Maybe, maybe it's the Todd of, you know, five years ago, right? What are you saying to them right now? Yeah. And it really depends on exactly what your struggles are and like where you're at and, you know, look, I've, I've had, I've had a lot of success in real estate. It's, it's been great. It's been a phenomenal journey and God's just blessed me. So it's, it's really amazing. And, you know, I'm at the, uh, I think for people, like, first of all, you have to realize that if you're, if you have faith, um, it's, it, I, I feel like you, People, people need to be motivated, right, by you. People need to know that you are part of the same journey as them. And those who aren't Christians need to hear it and need to be motivated by it as well. And it's our kind of duty. It's, our, you know, it's, it's you're, you're actually doing a disservice by not, show, by not talking about your faith, right? By not helping spread God's love and word. And, and so you've got to look at it like that. Like, can I, ch- if, I, if I start talking about this, if I start being open about it and, I, and you can do it different ways. Like you can do it how you're doing it, Alice, where, where you're have a podcast and you're praying on your podcast and you, you know, you've, you, you, you're really talking a lot about God or you can do it in a maybe you don't have to be that, I guess, you know, direct, right? You can still talk about your faith. You can still talk about God. You can still spread God's word, you can still spread God's love. Um, but you just got to be open about it and right. you can't hide behind the shadows. And, and, and I feel like that's a lot of what I've done. You know, I talk about God when I go to church, right? I talk about God to people that I know also trust God, but I don't talk about God or I had, haven't a lot. Um, and I'm starting to open that up more, but to people that I don't, I'm not so sure. Like I maybe, maybe they do, maybe they don't, but if they don't, like, I don't want to offend them. Like, but you can't worry about that. You can't allow that to drag you down. Right. You can't allow that to, to, you can't allow yourself to hide in the shadows because you don't know the life that you're going to positively affect. Yeah. Um, and you don't know the person that needs it. Yeah. Right. So there's, there's a lot of pain in the world and, there's a lot of people that need it. And so it's an ongoing journey for me. Right. And, and I don't, I think it's an ongoing journey for everybody um, to be able to just continue to talk it, about our faith and then you be open about it and uh, just be honest about it too. Like, and that's, that's the cool thing too. Like, look, I, I'm not, I'm not perfect. I'd imagine you've made a mistake or two in your life and you, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, and as a, but that's not, but that's, yeah. but that's being a Christian, right? right? I mean, that's just being a person. Mm-hmm. And so many people think that we got to be like perfect as Christians. We can't sin and we can't like, we can't make mistakes. And, and that's just not the case, man. It's just not the case. Like I make mistakes every day. Like I, I, I leave stuff on the table every day and we're always in this journey. So us being able to tell our story, us being able to be open about it, um, just helps other others in their faith journey. And, yeah. and 
you know, helps this world, I think, really become a better place overall. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm so glad for this episode, man. Like, I'm going to share this episode with everyone in our mastermind community, with everyone I know, because I'm like, this is so amazing, man. I just, it's the real, it's the, it's where people are. And I just so grateful for you, man. I'm so grateful to know you. I know, guys, like, it's like almost, you know, that book called Halftime. I never read it, but I understand the principle. Like, dude, you're, you know, I call you the old head. I know you're only in your 30s, but <laughs> you're the second half, man. Like, I was going to use you in huge ways. I'm so stoked to uh, hopefully be a part of it. And listen, I almost have to say this at this point. Like, this is, and this is also, anyone's listening, this is directed towards Todd and you um, because I'm, I'm trying to bring Todd in as well. This is why we started the mastermind, man. Like, because, I realized we like it was for me at first. I need a community around my business because I don't know how to actually go do this in a way that the cornerstone is Christ. And what I've realized is so many other people need this as well. That we need to like it's so hard to do this on your own because I don't who else is doing it or you know how do I do this and just even like should I do this? And so when you get in a room with people who are who are living for God in their business, it's like oh. I can do this. You know what I mean? Like I see, I see the blueprint. So anyways, that's, that's, that's what we have built there. Um, Let me tell you something. I think it's, 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 uh, this is like God's uh, work at hand. Um, I was, I've been like, okay, how, how can I continue to strengthen my faith and like have my faith in my business and, you know, like, where do, where do I go? And I listen to podcasts and I'm like, I'm listening to the same business podcast, mind, mindset podcast, real estate podcast. I'm like, I, there's gotta be some faith-based podcasts out there. So I found a couple and I stumbled on yours and I started listening to yours. And the first episode I, I listened to was two brothers. Um, and it was just amazing. Uh, I can't remember who they David were. David and Jason. David and Jason. It was, it was you know, yeah. ama- amazing episode. Um, and it was like, whoa, like this is great stuff. And so I started listening to your podcast and randomly, and I don't know how or why, but you reached out to me and we'd never spoken before. I never met you. We didn't have any introductions to each other, but you just emailed me. I don't even know how you got my email. <laughs> and uh, I'll share you the said, secrets hey, later. I'll share with you the secrets <laughs> later. <laughs> you said, Hey, I got this mastermind, you know, you might be interested. And, and I saw that email. I'm like, oh my gosh, like how, like, like this guy, I just started listening to his podcast. This is weird, you know, and, and kind of crazy. And so anyways, so we connected now and, uh, you know, now I'm on this podcast. Uh, I interviewed you and, and you'll come live on my podcast in a couple more weeks. It's just this crazy journey. It just shows yeah. you like how God works behind the scenes and you know, we just yeah. like, don't even, and I don't know what's going to become of all of this and like where the future is going with it, but it's exciting to, I don't know, just to like realize like that there's something going on here. Yeah. I know there is, and I know um, whether it's our connection or whatever it is, but there's going to be some amazing things that come out of this and it's all God's work. It's so 100%, cool. man. Well, I love that Stories too. Stories yet to be told. So we're yeah. going to have a podcast episode like two years, five years, whatever down the road. And it's going to blow people's mind because it's going to be something amazing. Yeah. Well, and it's a beautiful thing of realizing you and I are not at the center of the story. 
right? Like yeah. we know what the end story is. Christ will be exalted. Christ will be honored. We'll be on our hands and, you know, hands and feet and knees and just worshiping. We know what the end goal is. And so that's the beautiful thing of this. We're not the center. We get to, but we get to play a great part in it, man. We, yeah. And we get to play a beautiful part in all of this. And that's what we're working towards. So, man, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, to, to see how that plays out. Um, Ty, I, let's let's wrap up here, man. I, I you do you know we'll, we'll get a little bit of real estate in while we're while we're while I got you here, just because <laughs> you're seeing a lot in the market right now. You know, you guys are doing deals. Um, I'm just curious, you know, like how has your business model changed in light of COVID nineteen? I mean, you guys are still doing pretty heavy capex. Just wonder, like, it has much of your business plan changed in light of you know 2020 and kind of what 2021 how that might look differently in in light of what you guys are doing and building and um executing as far as multifamily goes um yes and no uh yes uh, we're being i would say a little more uh, i've always been super cautious so i'm probably one of them uh, you know a lot of people say they're conservative i mean i've been called the most conservative person they've ever met by people that coin themselves as conservative. So I've always been, you know, conservative with how I think and underwrite and, and, and don't get crazy optimistic about things. Uh, but now just being very cautious and understanding every deal is not a deal. And, and um, so, so there's that, you know, but the, look, we're still taking properties that, have just been abused and have major challenges and people probably shouldn't even be living in some of the units. Uh, I mean, this building that we're buying right now, like there's tenants that are in there and, and it's, it's just, it's just sad. Like it's mm -hmm. like third world country sad. I mean, you know, they've got wall tiles in their shower falling down and they've got, you know, peeling paint and they've got, you know, just mold and it, it's, it's just sad, you know, so we're taking a building like that and we're going to bring it back to life. So the, the, the idea is the same, right? That hasn't changed. We're still going to do big cap X because people want and deserve a great place to live. Like they're paying their hard earned money towards the place. I don't care how rich or poor they are. They still deserve a great place to live. So the, the, the business model still remains the same, essentially. Uh, it just probably won't allow us to buy quite as many properties as what we would have liked to buy. And who knows? I mean, we don't know what the overall end result of this pandemic is going to be and what's going to, what's going to happen to multifamily, if anything. Uh, so I guess the story is still to be told, but we're, we're still moving forward. Yeah. Um, right now. And we're focused a lot on our current assets. We're focused a lot on making sure our current assets are running operationally, you know, efficient. And so we're doing as much as we can right now to, you know, fix anything that's um, cracked, broken, you know, type of thing. You know, we're trying to make sure departments are running as smoothly as possible, take advantage of maybe not quite being able to acquire as much. So let's make sure our operations are running um, really, really right. prop, you know, really smoothly. And then something I'm gonna, uh, I'm starting, um, you know, kind of now is really working on more investor relationships, making sure that our investors, uh, we're speaking to them more, communicating with them more, and they're, uh, we're understanding what they're looking for, um, you know, that type of thing. So yeah. I'd say we've, uh, we've done an okay job at investor relationships, but we're gonna step up that game as well. So. Yeah, I, I would say the biggest 
way if anyone wants to come in here in this industry and make a difference is or be different stand out is probably on the investor relation front probably one of the most underserved parts of this business i see so i think that's a that's all in your business model like the the need for affordable housing the inability to build affordable housing you know it's still i mean that's not going anywhere for a long time right and so definitely makes sense i've thoroughly enjoyed this skyrocketed i mean there's no way that's going anywhere let me speak real quick if it's okay on on the investor relationship so i think that's super important to understand as most investors uh they they are most syndicators like me um you know they they get their investor investor will call them up maybe they'll have lunch coffee with them and then they get put on a list and then they get emailed every once in a while and, and that's about it they don't get communicated with other than that figure out ways to st- to stand apart don't be like the same as everybody else whether it's just you know sending a card at thanksgiving and christmas and you know other stuff like that uh whether it's making sure you're being purposeful about having lunch with your local investors um you know once or twice a year um reaching out by phone to the people that aren't local uh, holding you know uh investor meetups stuff like that uh, that's just super valuable to do yeah we're going to close on this asset and we're going to have an investor di- appreciation dinner. Love um, you know, little things like that are going to make you stand apart, make those investors feel even more confident uh, about you. So, yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'll think too, like we're, and I'm trying to develop some things out. Like what, a, you know, besides investing, what do your investors want? Like there are other things that people need help with. Like yeah. LinkedIn training is a great example. Like folks really, I've done that a couple of times. People really enjoyed that. Like, it's, it's, it's also it's just understanding who you serve and what they need and investing is just one pillar, you know, like, can you do other things for them? Because, right. you know, if you become that, that go-to guy, I mean, a great example, of this is Grant Cardone. Like he, he's, he, you know, yes, he's the multi, he's doing large multifamily too, but he also provides so much other training that people come to him for. And so even though honestly his funds, not the greatest because it's, it, it's just not based on fees and returns. Yep. People don't even look at that because it's just like, he's my guy. And so to think about how do you become that guy in your circle for other people, I think is, is right on. So that's People a great investing takeaway. in the person, not, not yeah, hundred percent, man. I mean, they'll, they'll look at the deal, right? They'll want to make sure the deal's not going to lose them money, but they're right. investing in the person. Right. Yeah, for sure. Well, look, man, I want to make sure everyone knows where they can go to, to find you um, on the internet. Uh, where, uh, what's, what's the best place to get connected with you? Yeah, uh, man, I'm all, I'm all over. So I've got a, a website, VentureDProperties.com. I've got a free uh, ebook on there, but it mainly uh, talks about multifamily syndication and um, you know, why apartments are, are one of the best investments you can get. So VentureDProperties.com, they can go on there. Uh, I've also got a Facebook group, uh, Multifamily Mastermind. Uh, so they can connect with me on Facebook, go to the multifamily mastermind Facebook group. And then uh, my podcast, which you've already mentioned, Pillars of Wealth Creation. Um, they can find that uh, through pillarsofwealthcreation.com or my Venture D property site. And then the last thing is I do uh, coaching for people who want to become multifamily investors. And so that's just coachwithdexdex.com. All right. So lots of stuff, man. Lots of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I want to make or sure you catch just Google all. my name. Yeah, no, no. So Venture D Properties. Let me make sure we get these in the show notes. But I, you, you didn't put all these on the on the uh, on the form, so I need to make no. sure. What's the coaching <laughs> one? I think it's a good one. What's that one? 
That's coachwithdex.com. Got it. All right. I'll make sure we add up both of those. I'm going to do a little free, um, not free. Um, uh, you, you, people are going to be able to fill out like a, a reason I should pick them to um, be able to coach for free. I, I'll just, you're going to get my old deal for free. Um, so we're going to do that too. So they can, they can link up with me. And uh, if people are interested in, in multifamily. Uh, Love it guys. You heard it here, man. Let them know. Maybe a good reason is you heard them on the show and there's a lot here. You got the first, he said this is the first time he's ever talked about some of this. So maybe you pull some heartstrings and you can be the first guy, first girl with Todd, Todd, man, grateful for you, brother. Really excited about our future together and, and what guys going to do with it and, and blessings to you, man. Thanks for, thanks for joining the show. Ellis, I really appreciate being on the show. It's, it's been fun and man, I've never talked like this before. So it's been <laughs> yeah, everyone, if you've enjoyed this, if you've enjoyed Todd's, uh, Todd, make sure you, you know, share this episode like this. I'm going to go like, this is one of the shows I'm going to be sharing with everyone. I know it, it just, you know, you don't even need to go blast this on social media. Go share this with a friend. Hey, this show impacted me. Check this out. Tony, this show is going to impact a lot of people. So make sure you do that. And also, if you're a real estate operator like myself or Todd, and, and some of these things resonated with you, listen, this is why we started our community, Kingdom REI. I want to make sure everyone knows where they can go to apply for that. OneConnectionAway.com is where you can go hear testimonies of our members. Go learn more about how we can really serve and help you. Uh, OneConnectionAway.com, that'll give you an opportunity to schedule a call with me. Right now, we've compl- I don't even know when this is going to go out, but if it's before the end of the year, now's the time to join. Uh, so make sure you do that. So oneconnectionway.com and would love to chat with anybody listening about that as well. Cheers, everyone. Hey, just because the show's over doesn't mean the journey is. Listen, if you're a faith-driven real estate professional or investor, then you'll want to go to the kingdomrei.com to learn about our mastermind. If you're interested in investing alongside me in alternative investments like multifamily apartment complexes, then head to ellishammond.com to learn more about that. Cheers.